Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. We're studying the book of Romans and learning how the power of the gospel impacts every part of our lives. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Hey, friends, welcome back. I was just thinking ahead of this episode when I was working through some Bible memory work uh, some years ago, I tried to memorize the book of, of Romans one year, which uh, I did. I'm embarrassed to say that uh, I've not kept up with all the reviews, so I probably couldn't quote it today. But one of my favorite seasons of that year was when I did work in Romans chapter 6. What an encouraging passage of Scripture this is as it relates to just getting victory over sin, uh, seeing God do a work of grace in the life of a believer. I mean, if you have not spent a lot of time in Romans 6, 7, and 8, of course, we're there now, it is a great passage to come back to over and over again. It's really foundational to understanding victory in the life of a believer. We are, Lord willing, going to finish chapter 6 today. We left off last time in verse number 16. Let's, let's jump again into verse number 17, Romans 6, verse 17, where the Bible says, but God be thanked. Well, certainly that's true. We, we are grateful for the Lord's work, and He deserves the honor and glory and credit for the victory that we can have in our lives. But the Bible says, but God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin. This, this is your BC life, your before Christ life, when you were slaves. That's the, that's the strength of that word, that you were servants to sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. What made the difference? The difference was uh, the heartfelt obedience to the gospel. It's not that obedience in law-keeping saves anybody. We know that's not true, but it's the decision that we make to embrace the gospel and all of what the gospel means, the fact that Jesus satisfied the law's demands for us the fact that we can enter into a right relationship with God through Jesus, that we can actually have the righteousness of God credited to our account, that we can have a victory, that the old man died with Christ on that cross. And we now have a new man, the, the very life of Jesus in us as typified by and embodied in the Holy Spirit's presence in our life. I don't know that I said that the right way, but you know what I mean. Look at verse number 18. Being then made free from sin, ye became servants of righteousness. So when we were living our life before Christ, we were actually enslaved to our sinful habits, our desires. And while we certainly had free will, we could make choices, we could just never overcome ourselves. We could never overcome the power of sin and sinful temptation. And it just seemed as if the law, whether that be the law of conscience or the actual law of Moses, 
were constantly just condemning us and reminding us of how sinful we are and how futile it is to try to live above the law or by the law's demands because we simply could not. And all it did was remind us that we are enslaved to ourselves and we are servants of the sin that the law so poignantly describes. Look at verse number 19. And I love this because verse 19 might be the most practical verse in the entire section. And it's a a verse that I think you ought to commit to memory, certainly a verse on which you ought to meditate often because it gives us a very practical mindset about how we should be living our lives now as believers relative to sin and sinful temptation and the victory that is potentially ours in this Christian life. So look at verse number 19. Paul said, I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. That's just a fancy way of saying, hey, let me break this down really simply for you. Uh, Let me put this principle in words that you can readily understand. Uh, I'm not going to speak on a high theological platform here. I'm going to give you something that will make sense, uh, that you can apply today to your Christian walk. So I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. And here it is. Here's what he wants to say. Verse number 19. For as, that's an important word, for as ye have yielded your members' servants to uncleanness, and to iniquity unto iniquity. In other words, to an ever-increasing iniquity, a sin that becomes more and more complex and complicated, uh, to sin that turns into habit, that turns into addiction. So uh, as ye have yielded your members' servants to sin or to iniquity unto iniquity, to, to uncleanness, to iniquity unto, unto iniquity, even so now, yield your members. I'm trying to find my place here. Oh, rather, even so now, yield your members. There, there it is, verse 19. Servants to righteousness unto holiness. Okay, so did you get what the Apostle Paul just taught us illustratively? He said, so there is a connection to the way that we give ourselves over to, to the way way that we yield ourselves or present ourselves to the options that are before us. So how did we do that before we knew Christ? We just gave ourselves or we yielded ourselves to sin. We yielded ourselves to sinful choices. We took advantage of that desire, that craving, that lust, that whatever, inordinate desire. We, we, We yielded to sin And sin, yielded to, did its work in our life. It grabbed us, and it made us crave more, and it didn't satisfy us. And eventually it turned into an addiction. And now what we choose is now choosing us. And the sin that we thought that we can control is now controlling us. Well, the Apostle Paul said, in this Christian life of ours, use that as an illustration. 
that just as you were quick to yield yourself to sin, and that sin was an operative principle in your life that ended up controlling you, so as believers, we yield ourselves to God. Remember, we talked last episode about even our individual members. Uh, This tongue belongs to you, Lord. These eyes belong to you. Uh, These ears belong to you. These hands belong to you. These feet belong to you. So now, as ye have yielded yourself servants to uncleanness and to iniquity unto iniquity, even so now, yield your members servants to righteousness unto holiness. So when we yield ourselves and present ourselves to God for right choices, the Bible says those right choices will begin to produce into in us the very character of Jesus Christ. As we respond to his word, as we do the things that God has called us to do. Remember, liberty for the believer is not freedom to do just whatever we want to do, whatever our flesh desires. That's not liberty. That's licentiousness. No, liberty is freedom and power to do the things that we ought to do that previously we could not do because we were not empowered by the Holy Spirit of God. So here in Romans 6, present yourself now to these right choices. Put right decision-making before you. Feed your soul with the the Word of God and right behaviors and, and, and right priorities because the Bible teaches that as we do that, that's going to begin to enculturate right habits in our life. I think about it this way. You know, before you trusted Christ as Savior, you basically went through three stages to sinful addiction. Okay, you you started with, wow, this is exciting. I'm going to feed my flesh this. I'm going to satisfy myself in this sinful way. So there was excitement. But what quickly happened was the sin that you thought that you could control now began to control you. Now the excitement is no longer there, but the habit has taken its place. So you went from excitement to habit to misery because now you are enslaved to that which you thought you had initially chosen, right? So that that's the cycle of sin. It looks good, right? Excitement, and then it loses its luster, habit, begins to take control, and then ultimately brings misery. Now think about the Christian life in many respects, and I know that this is an oversimplification, but the Christian life in many respects is the exact opposite. Because sometimes the choices that lie before us now are not in and of themselves exciting. Like sometimes God calls us to a life of of, of suffering or self-abnegation, self-denial as believers. And in the moment, it seems like, well, I don't want to do that. I don't want to forgive my enemy. I don't want to, whatever the case may be. But here's the thing. When we yield ourselves to the control of God's Holy Spirit, when we follow the word of God, the choice in and of itself might seem like a miserable choice. And yet, as we make right choices, yielding ourselves to the truth and to right choices, what happens is those choices themselves form into us godly character. 
and habits, if you will. And then what happens over time when righteous habits characterize the life of God's people? Then joy comes. There is joy comes. It's an afterward kind of joy. See see that? So with sinful choices, it often goes from excitement to habit to misery. And that's where I end. But with Christian choices, many times it appears that I go from a miserable choice, I don't want to do this, that actually enculturates a habit that brings ultimate joy. I guess the the question is, do you want to start or end with joy? Do you want joy to be, you want a permanence of joy? Then do it God's way. Do you want fleeting happiness and then a permanence of misery? Then do it the old way. So it's a really instructive passage. I know that that's an oversimplification, but wow, what a practical thought for us today. Look at verse number 20. For when ye were the servants, slaves to sin, you were free from righteousness. Now you had, you didn't have your, your feigned adherence to the law didn't earn you any righteousness. And the fact that you were addicted to yourself and to sinful choices meant that you were free from not practicing righteousness because sin and righteousness are mutually exclusive. Would you look at verse number 21? Here's the question. And I I put this in our title for the episode today. So what's the one question that you can ask yourself that will really help reset your thinking and your biblical prioritized behavior to live for God? What's a really good piercing question to ask yourself? Well, watch the question here in verse number 21. Here it is. What fruit, in other words, what was the positive result of? What, What fruit had ye then in those things whereof ye are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. So when we're tempted as believers to make the old choices and follow the old temptations and have the old priorities and do it our own way, I think what the Lord says to us here is, well, stop for a moment and ask yourself this question. You know, did that really, does that really work for me? Is that choice really going to bring satisfaction? Is that going to bring any kind of productive spiritual fruit to myself or my influence? No, or are those things just going to be reminiscent of the old life that just brought spiritual destruction? It's a great question. Uh, what fruit had ye then in those things whereof now you're ashamed? I'm ashamed to talk about those decisions. I'm ashamed to talk about those priorities. It's a shame to speak of those things that were done in secret. But now I don't have to make those choices anymore. Uh, look at verse number 22 where We're out of time. I'm so sorry. But now, being made free from sin and become service to God, ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. That's a quality of life. That's what God offers believers. For the wages of sin is death. We often use that verse to talk to unsaved people. But that verse was written to us as believers in this process of sanctification. Just don't live the way you used to live. You're saved. You have freedom, you have power, you have the Holy Spirit. 
and to don't live the life that brings death and destruction. The wages of sin is death, but the gift, the gift that we keep on enjoying, the gift that keeps on giving our salvation, but the gift of God is eternal life. That's a quality and a permanence of life that we have through our Lord Jesus Christ. Took too long today, but what a great place to get stuck. So we're going to call it quits on chapter number six. We'll jump into a brand new chapter next episode. Hope you'll join us. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, take a moment to subscribe or share the podcast with a friend. Until next time, God bless.